Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Hope. We are glad that you're here. We like to begin our services with this greeting that Christians have been using forever, it seems like. The Lord be with you. Thank you. We believe that's true, that the Lord meets us as we gather together to worship him. Uh, whether we're here in the room, whether we're uh, gathering together online, uh, we believe that God is present with us right where we live, right in the middle of the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever we're going through. So let's bow our heads and pray to him as we begin. God, we are so grateful for your love, for your grace, for your presence here that meets us right where we live. You know what we're going through. You know the kind of night we just had. You know the kind of morning we've had. You know the, the week that we're looking forward to or dreading. Uh, you know all the, the hurts. You know all the questions. You know all the joys. You know everything that we are, God. And we are so grateful that we don't have to go hunting for you, looking for you. You know, you come to us. You're right here, ready to meet with us. So please, God, we just pray that you would help us to, to tune our radios to your wavelength or something, to, to open our hearts and minds to you, to, to be open to what you want to say to us, to receive from you what you want to give to us today uh, so that we can be ready for the week that you have prepared for us. Thank you, God. We are so grateful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, if you're able, interested, let's stand and let's sing as we begin. I give myself to you. 
wonderful, so wonderful is your unfailing love. Your cross has spoken mercy over me. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart could fully know how glorious, how beautiful you
Psalm 34, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. Amen. Pray with me, would you? Lord, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. You have promised that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us. You will not fail us. Lord, sometimes we forget to look back, to look back at the things that you have done, the things that you have pr protected us from, the things you've kept us from, the things you've blessed us with, Lord, this time of year. It's a little easier to take that look back and see how very, very, very faithful you have been in our lives. I thank you, Father, for that. I praise you for your faithfulness to each and every one of us. I thank you for all of those who are gathered here this morning. And those, Lord, who are joining us online now or will later. It's not by accident that you've brought us together. I thank you for this family and each family that's represented by the people here. I ask, Father, that you would be with each one. Whether they're, they're, the next few days look difficult for them or they look pleasant for them, Lord, regardless of what we're facing in the, the coming days, you are going to be faithful because you have already been faithful. I thank you for that, Father. I praise your holy name because you alone really are the only one that deserves that praise, that glory, that honor, and that blessing. And for all these things, Lord, we are so thankful. Be with Pastor Rich this morning, Lord, as he brings your word to us. Be with the remainder of the service. Father, may we hear what, what Rich has to say, what Pastor has to say, as if we're hearing it for the first time, as if we're hearing it new 
and renewed and refreshed for our hearts, for our spirits, for our minds, Lord. May it change us as we go from here. We pray these things, Lord, in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you. And also with you. Take a few moments and spread the peace amongst yourselves as you're comfortable. I don't know when you're watching online if you can hear the, uh, the conversations in the room or not, but it's a good thing. Uh, I, would, I would rather have to try to pull you back from, from talking than uh, just have a quiet room where nobody wants to talk to each other. So you guys really do care about each other. It's a good thing. I see it every Sunday. So, um, by way of announcements, uh, there's, you know, you can, uh, what is it? It's up on the screens, I guess, isn't it? Uh, if you want to Share with us a way we can pray for you or thank God with you. Or you have a question, you can go to livinghope.info slash connect. You can let us know there. Or you can grab one of those little green cards in the back and write it on there. Just make sure we have your contact info so I can follow up with you. And you can just drop that in the box. And if you're giving today, you can drop that in there too. Or you can give online. And uh, thank you to all of you who give so faithfully. Um, it makes it easy to have conversations like the ones we're having right now. Uh, this message series that we're in the midst of. Um, because you guys already are generous and give faithfully. So thank you for that. Uh, speaking of giving, if you want to give to the Habitat House, uh, you can still do that. And you can RSVP for the December 3rd build day if you'd like to do that. Just go to livinghope.info slash habitat. And right there is a link to where you can give and a link to where you can sign up to, to RSVP for the build day. Uh, it looks like they'll be doing some siting and some other things by, by then. They anticipate. So if you want to help with that, that'd be good. And... Um, uh, and if you want to give, you know, obviously you can, you can give online or you can just write Habitat on your envelope if you're dropping something in the box. And uh, that'll be a good thing. Hey, we've got a, an opportunity that we weren't sure was going to happen, but it looks like it has. Uh, we have a chance to provide a Thanksgiving meal on Thanksgiving Day from noon to 2 right here. Uh, for somewhere between 60, we're going to have enough food for like 60 to 100 people. Uh, we're not sure exactly how many people we'll be able to feed, but somewhere in that neighborhood, if we have enough volunteers. So uh, the food is already provided. There's uh, the Salvation Army. There's a church in Lake County. There's uh, the folks up at New Creation. Uh, Sam Burgett, who is part of our church and runs that Unity Cafe uh, that does a free dinner every Friday night. Uh, she's the one that's coordinated this and pulled all this together. Uh, but we need some volunteers. So if you'd like to be here to help serve food, uh, or if you'd like to be here just to help clean up and help welcome people and all that sort of thing, um, then we would love to have you. Let us know, write it on a card, shoot me a text, however you want to let us know that you can be here, and then we'll coordinate, make sure we've got enough people to make sure that we can serve everybody during those two hours. So we've been getting uh, requests from folks, from some of you, saying, hey, is there going to be like a Thanksgiving something? Because, you know, you don't have family that you're going to be celebrating with. You're on your own. You, you know, would really were, you were hoping that your church family might extend an invitation. And uh, we're thankful that we'll be able to do that. So if you'd like to help make that happen, please, uh, please let us know. And then uh, also Advent is right around the corner, starting in just a couple of weeks. So if you haven't yet grabbed one of your books, they're out there in the lobby on your way out. Make sure you grab one. And uh, we've got enough for each of us to take one. Uh, I don't think we've got enough yet for you to take one to all your friends. But we'll see in a couple of weeks as Advent gets started uh, on the 27th, the first Sunday after Thanksgiving is when it begins. So if we get to that day and we've still got a dozen or or so left over, then sure, you know, take some more. But, um, but please make sure you've got one for yourself because uh, I'm excited. This, this year we, we get to hear from uh, Samantha Chombo. She's uh, um, a pastor and uh, married to 
Filimao Chambo, who was elected just a few years ago to be one of our general superintendents. So they have served all over the world and continue to serve all over the world, and she's the one that authored this book. So I'm, I'm interested to get her perspective on Advent and the themes of Advent uh, each day during that season. So, all right. I don't think I have any other announcements I've got to share this morning. No one's flagging me down saying, hey, you forgot this. So, okay. All right. Uh, I, I don't want to ask for a show of hands, but... It, uh, yeah, <laughs> Dave's raising his already, like, all right, whatever it is. Um, I was thinking about the Powerball, and uh, <laughs> was not, I was going to ask, like, how many of you bought a ticket, just in case, you know? Uh, I've never bought one of those. I almost did this time, you know? Um, I almost bought one. Man, I was just thinking, man, think of what I could do with that money, you know? Uh, the mortgage could be paid off. We could fund, you know, the church forever, and, you know, so many good causes in the community. We could just finish off that Habitat house and several others, and, you know, whatever else you wanted to do, it's like, you know... And uh, I don't know if you ever found yourself in that kind of a spot where you're thinking like, okay, God, you know, you help me pick the right numbers. I'll do this. You know, you, you bless me with, this, with this, these winnings and, and here's what I could do, do for you. And uh, it had me thinking about this, you know, message series that we're in on living a blessed life and how often we, uh, you know, we kind of we wait, I guess. We say, God, if you bless me with this windfall, then I will be a blessing to others in all these kinds of ways. Um, when the reality is we've already been blessed you know, maybe not with a billion dollars or whatever, you know, but we've been blessed with life. We've been blessed with whatever measure of health we get to enjoy. We've been blessed with a certain share of resources. And whether you're somebody who's got a million dollars or you've got two cents, we've all been blessed with something. And the reason for that is so that we can then be a blessing to others. God, it's, it's, a, it's a blessed thing to, to be blessed by God, to receive from God. But it's even more blessed, Jesus said, to, to give. Uh, Oh, I should, uh, just a reminder from last week, we, we, uh, we talked about this, how way back at the beginning in the book of Genesis, the Lord had said to Abram, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. And whenever God blesses someone, it's not just for them, it's so they can be a blessing to others, and that includes us. Jesus himself said it's more blessed to give than to receive. It is good to, to receive, it's good to get a gift, it's good to, you know, to be on the receiving end of, of help that you need. Um, many of us can attest to that, right? You, you didn't have what you needed and someone came through and all of a sudden there was someone just, you know, shared something with you and you're like, oh, now I've got what I need to make it through this week or to make it through this month or to make it, you know, to make this payment, whatever it might be. Uh, it's a blessed thing to receive. Jesus says it's even more blessed to give. It's even more blessed to be on the giving side of that equation. And so we're looking at what does it mean to live a blessed life? You know, what does it mean to get on the giving side of that equation? What does that look like? How do we do it? And uh, it's not because the church needs your money, all right? Although, as I said earlier, we deeply appreciate those of you who give faithfully to continue the mission of this church. And, you know, I and my family especially appreciate it because I'm paid full-time by the church. Um, I guess I get my benefits through Stacy's work and all that. But anyway, if you want to see those numbers, we're happy to share them with you. You know, none of that, none of that stuff's secret. Um, I don't work on a commission or anything, all right? So you guys start giving a lot more. I, I don't get like a percentage or a cut or something, you know. Um, there's a church board. They deal with all that stuff. In fact, tomorrow night we've got a board meeting, and we'll start setting the budget for next year. And, um, and then in the new year, we'll be sharing that with you. Um, so anyway, and it's not that God needs our money, you know, particularly. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the Bible says. You know, he's got so much gold in heaven, he just paves the streets with it, because what else are you going to do with it? And uh, so it's not like God is needing to pay his electric bill or something, um, but he wants us to be blessed. He wants us to live a blessed life, a life that is in line with who God is, and God is a generous God. He's a giving God, and so God wants our hearts to be like his hearts, um, and that's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
So what we do with our money impacts our hearts. It's like there's a string attached, right? And so wherever you put your money, your, your heart follows. And so God knows, boy, if, if you'll give some of that money to me, if you'll give some of that money to my purposes in the world, including caring for the poor and those in need, then your heart is going to follow that money, and you'll have a heart like mine. Last week, we looked at how we need to deal with our greedy, grudging heart and develop a generous, grateful heart instead that thinks of all that God has done for us, and, uh, and that leads us to generosity. But you can, you can listen to that message if you want to. That's, that's online. Um, if you missed it last week, uh, we're going to move on to some other stuff. But I did want to, one last verse from last week is my favorite in all the Bible on the topic of money. Uh, I like it so much that we put it right by the offering box. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 7 and 8. Uh, this is the, the no pressure verse, all right? This is the verse that lets everybody breathe a big sigh of relief and, uh, and relax all the parts of you that tensed up when you, you walked in and said, oh no, he's talking about money, all right? Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So if I were to stand up here as a pastor and try to twist your arm or coerce you into giving, I'd be trying to make you disobey God, not obey him. You know, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be trying to make you, you know, uh, not obey that verse, right? He doesn't want you to give under compulsion or to give reluctantly. God wants to change our hearts so that we want to be generous, so that we will listen to whatever he tells us to do with his money and give that wherever he says to give it. And, um, and he will bless us so that we can continue to be generous. All right, so... Um, as I was thinking about this series and this idea of blessing and living a blessed life, uh, it finally occurred to me this past week, like, you know, I should check if those folks at the Bible Project have a video on this. And I, open, I go to BibleProject.com, and the very first video at the top of the screen is about blessings. And I thought, my goodness, I should have looked at this a week ago. But, uh, but it's still worth seeing. It's only like five minutes long. So we're going to watch that together. All right? It gives us a great overview of this theme from the Scriptures. The story of the Bible begins with God bringing life out of darkness, ordering our beautiful world, and then blessing all of its creatures. Hold on, blessing. That's one of those funny religious words. Yeah, right. People say a blessing over their meal or after they sneeze. Or just a general way to say that things are going well for me. But in the Bible, a blessing is more specific. The first blessing in the Bible is when God creates animals and he blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the land. Ah, so God's blessing is about flourishing and multiplication of life. Right, it's when God shares his life-producing ability with others. Next, God gives humans an additional blessing that sets them apart from the animals. Not only are we one of God's creatures that can generate new life, we've also been appointed as God's representative image to rule and oversee this whole flourishing world on God's behalf. So part of our blessing is to take care of God's blessing for all creation. And God wants us to rule while trusting in his abundance, to eat from the tree of blessing, that is, the tree of God's own eternal life. Now there is another tree to eat from. Yes, and it represents this decision to try and seize abundance and life on our own terms by our own wisdom. The humans encounter a deceptive creature who tricks them into eating from this other tree, thinking it's a shortcut to blessing. And instead of blessing, this tree brings a curse. A curse? You mean like a magic spell? No, in the Bible, the curse is when God hands people over to the consequences of seizing our own blessing on our own terms. It's a curse because instead of abundance and life, we end up with scarcity, isolation, and 
death. So God curses the ground, and instead of fruitfulness, there will be famine. Instead of overseeing the world, they will have to work the land until they die. Man. But God also curses that deceptive creature that fooled the humans, saying that a human will come one day to destroy it. And that human will be born into a world of scarcity, where men and women and families and tribes are all locked in violent conflict. If God's blessing is now covered with a curse, how can we flourish? Even more, how can we rule with God? Well, here the biblical story takes an interesting turn. God chooses one couple, Abraham and Sarah, and God blesses them and says they will become a huge family. Be fruitful and multiply. And there's more. God says that his blessing on Abraham and his family is for this larger purpose, so that through them, God's blessing can go out to all of the nations. So God's plan is to reverse the curse and restore the blessing by first blessing this one family. Right. And this family does experience God's blessing. Even when they journey through times of danger and scarcity, they grow into this huge nation, Israel. And God brings them to a mountain and invites them to be his representatives. Yes, God will bless Israel so that they can become a blessing to the nations. All they have to do is trust and live by God's wisdom. And they're told that this is a choice between life and death, between blessing and curse. Now keep reading because the Israelites almost never trust God for his blessing. Their story is filled with tales of deception, violent grabs for power, resulting in the ultimate curse exile from their land and slavery to foreign nations. But Israel's prophets who lived through all of this, they still trusted in God's promise to Abraham. And they anticipated a future Israelite who would come to restore God's blessing and reverse the curse for Israel and for all the nations. When we turn to the story of Jesus, we find Israel still experiencing the curse living as slaves to the Roman Empire. But Jesus, he so trusted in God's blessing. He claimed that it was arriving in a new way through himself. He wanted his followers to trust in God's abundance, to share and be generous. And he even taught his followers to bless people who curse them. Jesus would even reverse the curse by healing and restoring people's bodies. God's blessing is being unleashed. Jesus also confronted his fellow Israelites who were in power, and he accused them of getting in the way of God's plan to bless Israel and the nations through them. Those leaders arrest Jesus so they could have him killed. And instead of fighting back, Jesus believed that he was that chosen Israelite who would face the curse that Israel and all humanity deserves, and he would allow the curse to fall on him. Jesus dies the shameful death of a man under the curse. But just as God brought life and blessing out of darkness in the beginning, so here, through Jesus, God reverses death by raising Jesus. The curse is put to death so that the blessing of God's life can spread out once again. After his resurrection, Jesus blessed his followers, and he said that his presence would be with them as they learn to trust in God's blessing and share with others. And while death and the curse still have a hold on our world, followers of Jesus trust that the power of God's blessing is even stronger. It means we can live with extreme generosity, even when it seems like there's not enough. And that leads us to the conclusion of the biblical story, where every nation is enjoying the gifts of God's abundance, because in God's new world that is sustained by the life-giving power of Jesus, there is no longer any curse.
Uh, so if you want to watch that again, it's real easy. Go to, I, I even put the, the link in your notes there. You just go to BibleProject.com or you can search on YouTube for Bible Project and uh, it's right there. Um, I love the way these guys help us see these themes as they, as they make their way through Scripture. Um, now, to let you know where we're going specifically today, uh, if, you wanna, if you're looking at your notes, you can skip all the way to the end. Where you can see those in, in bold down there near the end where it says, when God is first in your life, everything else comes into order. When God's not first, everything's out of order. That's, that's where we're headed, all right, with today's message. Uh, we're going to look at a couple of practices that God gave to his people way back in the day um, on, this, on this theme and practices that Christians have been um, putting into practice for generations now that help us to keep our hearts in tune with God's blessing, that help us to stay in that place of seeing ourselves as blessed by God so that we can be a blessing to others, all right? And, uh, and the first of those um, that you've got there is bringing God the tenth or the tithe. Um, that tithe is just a fancy church word for tenth, all right? So if you ever see tithe, that just means, oh, that means tenth. I have no idea why we still have the word tithe in some of our Bibles or that kind of a thing. People talk about tithing. It just means giving God a tenth of your income, of what comes in. And, of course, them in an agrarian society, agrarian society, uh, that would mean a tenth of their crops when it came to harvest time. Or if they had uh, livestock, they were to mark off every tenth animal and give that one out of every ten animals to God. And that was a way of them remembering, okay, God, all of this comes from you. All this belongs to you. But God gave his people the special practice of saying, that first tenth, that belongs to me. You need to bring that to me. And... uh, one of those prophets that we just heard mentioned, as the people were going through a time of, like, difficulty, he was trying to help them understand, well, here's why. Here's, here's why things aren't going so well. And he, he has God saying, well, a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me. But you ask, well, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. Now, there's a reason that I started off this morning by quoting that verse from the New Testament about each of you should give what you've decided in your hearts to give, right? There's a reason that I started with that Bible Project video about God being so generous toward us and this, this blessing and the curse that is a part of all of creation, and we want to be a part of that blessing side of what God is doing uh, through Jesus Christ. And so I'm not here to say, uh, to lay down, this down as some kind of a law to you, all right? To say, hey, if you're not doing this, you're cursed and you're sinning against God and all the rest. I know some of you feel very strongly that that's the way we should read this today. That if you're not giving 10% of your gross income to your local church, that you are disobeying God. And uh, I, have the feeling that that, I have the feeling that that's the way that God works with us, you know. That to some of you, God has specifically said, yep, for you to, to not do that would be sin. You know, for Stacy and I, we have both grown up doing that. And for us, I think, I think for me, if I were to not do that, I think God would be, what, disappointed in me or something? I'm not sure. I think, I think that God would be saying, hey, hey now, I told you, you need to be doing this. What I do know is that God laid this out very clearly for his people Israel and told them, you want to experience my blessing. You want to be on the blessing side and not the curse side. You're going to do this. You're going to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, <laughs> that there will be food in my house. And he was talking about literal food, right, because they were bringing grain or they were bringing animals. And my house, he's talking about the temple, that place where the people would come and bring their sacrifices. 
And the reason that this was the place to do this, the reason he wanted there to be food in his house, was in part to provide for the people who worked there at the temple and to maintain the temple and all of that, but also because that was the place where people in need would come to get help. In, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 14, we've got it there in your notes, uh, God says to the people through Moses, be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. And listen to what he says to do with it. Eat the tithe of your grain, new wine and olive oil, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks in the presence of the Lord your God at the place he will choose as a dwelling for his name so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always. He says you're supposed to take that to this place, which ends up being the temple there in Jerusalem. He says you're to take that tenth there and eat it there. You, you eat it with the, the poor, whoever has come to, it's, it's kind of like a big potluck, right? So you're there, the Levites, the people who run the temple are there, the poor have gathered, and you each bring a tenth of your, your produce, your animals, all of this, and you have a festival, you have a feast, and everyone is fed. And the reason is so that you may learn to revere the Lord your God always. It's because he knows if we're going to keep our hearts tuned into him, well, we got to make sure our money is going there, our resources, our, our wealth, our stuff is going there. The reason for this is at least in part so that we may learn to keep God in first place, right? Instead of letting other things crowd him out. Uh, it continues, it says, at the end of every three years, bring all the tithes of that year's produce and store it in your towns. So he said, every three years, don't take it off to the temple, but store it there so that the Levites who have no allotment or inheritance of their own, and the foreigners, the fatherless, and the widows who live in your towns, basically the people who are in need, who don't have a field to harvest from, who need your help. So, so that they may come and eat and be satisfied, and so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. God says, I want to bless you. And, and he has started out by blessing them, right? He's already blessed them by setting them free from slavery in Egypt, by bringing them to this land he had promised, this fruitful land that where, th where the harvests are plentiful. God has already blessed them, and now he's saying, I will continue to bless you if you don't just hoard these blessings for yourself. If you make sure that you, you set aside a tenth of that and share that at the temple, if you store that in your town, if you make sure that the poor are cared for, I will continue to bless you. And so Christians for quite some time now, you know, we, most of us aren't out harvesting crops, although some of you have some pretty amazing gardens. Uh, most of us aren't, you know, uh, making our, we're, we're making our living by working for somebody or starting a business or something, and you have income, and you have a paycheck, and we all have to pay taxes on that stuff, you know, once a year, and all of that good stuff, right? So we have dollars that come to us, and so Christians have said, well, okay, then I'm going to take a tenth. We've kind of taken that principle and said, okay, then I'm going to take a tenth, and I'm going to give that back to God. I'm going to take that to the place where I worship. I'm going to support the work of, of the church. I'm going to make sure that other people can hear the good news about Jesus, just like I heard the good news about Jesus, by making sure that there are local churches scattered throughout our world, uh, in our communities, um, places where we can go to be reminded of who God is and, and continue to revere the Lord our God always. We bring him that tenth. Uh, and I think God chose that, like, why, why a tenth? You know, why didn't God just say, you know, 5% or, you know, 20% or whatever, whatever. God could have said whatever he wanted, I suppose, right? I, I think it feels like God picked an amount that would be easy for us to figure out, would be enough that we'd feel it, <laughs> you know, because you feel it, right? Uh, those of you who are used to giving that, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I feel it. You know, that's money I could have done something else with. You know, that, that, I feel it when I give away a tenth of my income. It's not enough that we would feel it, and it's enough to actually make a difference, Right? 
So this is a practice that many of you over the years have told me that uh, was life-changing for you. That when you finally came to the place where you said, okay, God, I'm going to give you that first tenth. I'm going to make sure I give that back to you. That you feel like all of a sudden you moved into the, into the blessing zone. Like you, you got onto the blessed side of that blessed and cursed thing, you know, because you were doing what God was calling you to do. And those of you who've shared these stories with me, it's usually not after you got the windfall. It's usually not after you suddenly you landed the good job with the big paycheck and all of that. It was, I mean, some of you told me, it was when you were struggling. You know, when you were a single parent struggling to raise your kids and you barely had enough coming in, but you said, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give a tenth back to you, and I'm going to live on the rest. And sure enough, God came through, and you have stories to tell about that. It was when you were a young couple and you were just trying to starting out, trying to make it, and weren't sure you were going to have enough, and you know you're making things stretch in the food department and hoping that car doesn't break down because you're not sure how you're going to afford a repair. And in that time in your life, you said, "Okay, God, I'm going to trust you," and you feel like God came through for you time and time again from then on. There's something to this idea of keeping our hearts tuned into God's blessing, getting ourselves in a position where where God knows, okay, I'm going to bless you because I know you're not just going to keep it all for yourself. Like last week, we talked about the Dead Sea, right? You know, it's not just all going to stop with you. You're going to let this blessing flow through you, and, and you're going to take a portion that is significant enough to make a difference, and you're going to, you're going to give that away to make sure that, you know, your, your heart is tuned in to God and to make sure that the poor are cared for. Um, I was saying, like, we don't make a big deal about that here. You know, I'm not laying this down as a law. Uh, we do expect that those of you who take that step to become members here, and we don't make a big deal about that step even. Um, every now and then we offer this Living Hope 101 class that we haven't done in a while. Wow, we really need to have one of those classes again. And uh, we talk about, you know, if you want to become like an official member here, uh, where then you could get, you know, pulled onto the church board and have to serve in that way or, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, if you're going to be a member, then, yeah, tithing is expected that we say, you know what, we believe in this thing. We're going to put our resources behind it and our energy and our, you know, and our time. And so several of you do that. Uh, a whole bunch of us uh, in the room don't yet, you know, because we're working on it. We're learning. We're still growing, you know. Or maybe that's just not where you feel like your resources should go. Okay. You know, I, I need you to Trust God and to, what was that verse again? To give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. All right? But if you want to try the tithing thing, that giving the tenth uh, back to God through the church, um, it, for years I would suggest like doing the, the 10 10 80 plan that was, I don't know, generations ago, some rich guy came up with that, I think. <laughs> the idea that, that you give 10% back to God, you save 10% for the future, and you live on the rest, which I know is like, wait a minute, now you're telling me to live on 80%. Hang on. Nowadays, the people who say, oh, man, you can't count on a pension anymore. You got to save for your retirement and all that kind of stuff, in addition to saving for other future needs. Now they'd say, it's more like a 10, 20, 70 plan or something. You need to be saving 20% of your income, putting, letting your Boss, take that out of your paycheck and stick it in your retirement account so you don't even see it, you know, saving for the future. And, and some of it, yeah, you save for the, the car repair that's going to happen. You save for the, when the water heater goes out or you have to replace the roof or whatever. Some of it's for more immediate needs and some of it's for that future need when you know I'm not going to be able to work forever. You know, there's going to be a time where I'm going to have to slow down and I'm going to need something set aside to provide for me in that day. 
But, um, <laughs> which means like, oh man, that's, that's an even bigger, bigger ask, even bigger jump. I don't know if I can do that. I'm used to living on 105% of my income. You know, my credit card balances are growing uh, every week, every month. You know, how am I supposed to, I'm, I'm just trying to get back to 100%, and now you're saying I got to be back to 90 or 80 or 70, something like that. Well, uh, I, I mentioned last week that this message series was inspired by a book by a pastor who's been, you know, talking about this for, uh, oh, she's like 30 years now. And, uh, and he said, it, it does, it takes faith to believe that, um, let me see if I can get it right. It takes faith to believe that uh, 90% of your income that's, that's blessed by God uh, is better than 100% of your income that's, what did he say cursed? I'm trying to remember. That's not blessed by God, right? And that's what several of you have told me. You've said, man, uh, I give God that tenth, and the rest somehow, I don't know if it's a miracle, like Jesus multiplying loaves and fishes, or, or I don't know if you know, God just kept that car running so much longer than I had any reason to expect to, or man, when I made that decision, all of a sudden that's when I turned around and the boss suddenly recognized that I was working hard and gave me a raise, or you know, that God does tend to then bless you because he sees you're sharing that with others, that he can trust you with those resources so that he does he does end up blessing. Just like, just like he said in the prophet Malachi, test me in this and see if I won't throw open the floodgates of heaven, pour out so much blessing there won't be room enough to store it. Now I say that and I recognize sometimes we take a step of obedience like that and it seems like everything goes wrong, right? It's like, uh-oh, and now the car you know, needs repaired and now something, something's gone wrong and hey, God, I thought you were supposed to be blessing me now that I'm, now that I'm doing this. And, and we're, I think we're just good at like, explaining things the way we want to explain them, right? And so if everything goes right, oh, this is God's blessing. If things go wrong, oh, it's the devil trying to stop me from obeying God. And uh, we'll come up with some answer no matter what, no matter what happens. But consistently, the story I hear uh, over the years and down through the generations has been, man, when we trust God, he, he trusts us. When we trust God with, with that first part of the resources he's provided us, he trusts us. Uh, with, with more of his resources to then share with others and to provide for ourselves. So we, we bring him the tenth, that, that tie, that helps keep our hearts tuned to God's blessings, and we give first, we give before anything else. So we give it before, um, oh, what, what was the, uh, I think this was in Seinfeld, wasn't it? They're looking at their paycheck and they're like, wait a minute, who's FICA? Why is he taking all my money? You know, what's the, what's the deal here? Um, so we give to God first, because God's the one who can then bless our resources, right? FICA's not going to bless our resources. He's not going to, FICA's not going to bless the other 90% or whatever, right? Um, the, the mortgage company's not going to bless the rest of your, the rest of your income. Um, whatever credit card, Visa, Master, you know, they're not going to bless the rest of you. God is the one who then, when we trust him and give to him first, then, then he can bless the rest of what we have to live on. Um, and this is throughout the scriptures. Both of these are throughout the scriptures. Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verses 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. So it's supposed to be the first fruits. So you bring the first part of that harvest. Uh, in Exodus 13, uh, it gets real specific. And this is, this is wild to me that this is placed where it is in the book of Exodus. All right? Uh, Exodus 12 at 11 and 12 is the, the last of the 10 plagues. You know, God has been working, doing this miraculous stuff to impress upon Egypt and, and Pharaoh, king of Egypt, that he needs to let his people go. And there's sign after sign after sign. And the 10th one, you might remember, is the death of the firstborn. 
And the people of Israel have been instructed to take a lamb and take the blood and put it on the doorpost and the angel of death will pass over your house. And so then they celebrate a meal called the Passover to remember this day that God delivers them. And after this 10th plague, as Egypt is mourning the death of the firstborn in every house, finally, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, says, you guys get out of here. Please leave. You know, we don't want you here anymore. We can't take this anymore. And they leave. And the very next chapter is this. Before you get to the miracle at the Red Sea with the parting of the waters and walking across on dry ground, in my, in my memory, that just happens right away, right? It's like, go, get out of here. And they leave and they get to the Red Sea and like, oh no, what's going to happen? Well, before that, in between those two is this chapter in Exodus 13, where there's this pause and it says, the Lord said to Moses, consecrate to me every firstborn male. Consecrate means like set aside to me, give to me. Every firstborn male. The first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether human or animal. It says whether it's a whether it's a your child or whether it's the child of your you know your herds, so the firstborn of every womb belongs to me. And a few verses later, after the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and gives it to you, as he promised on oath to you and your ancestors, you are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. In other words, you're gonna take those and you're gonna sacrifice them. You're gonna take them to that temple, you're gonna kill it, you're gonna offer it, you know, eat it there or whatever. It's offered to God. And then he says, uh, yeah, all the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. God, God didn't want the donkeys, all right? He's like, no, swap out a lamb. I don't want donkeys. Don't bring me donkeys. Bring me a lamb in place of a donkey, all right? So you redeem it. He's like, the lamb takes the place of the donkey. But if you did not redeem it, break its neck. I didn't, I didn't remember that part was in there at all. Like a bunch of broken donkey necks in the Bible, I guess. All right. And then redeem every firstborn among your sons. He's like, don't bring your kids. Don't sacrifice your kids. You redeem them. You present an offering to God. You give a lamb to God to redeem your, your children. This is uh, this idea of being redeemed. And this is a song that appears in our, in our hymns. It appears in our scriptures because this is a word we use about what Jesus did for us, right? The lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, John the Baptist said about him. Jesus is our redeemer. He, he redeems us. He's the, the firstborn of all creation. He is the one who offers himself in our place. And something similar is happening, is happening here. So the firstborns belong to God. And then verse 14, in the days to come, when your son asks, what does this mean? <laughs> why do we do this again? Why, why did we just break the donkey's neck? You know, you know, why did we take a lamb you know, to, the, to the temple? Say to him, with a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed the firstborn of both people and animals in Egypt. This is why I sacrifice to the Lord the first male offspring of every womb and redeem each of my firstborn sons. And it will be like a sign on your hand and a symbol on your forehead that the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his mighty hand. It's like this is your reminder forever. Every time this happens, every time you do this, it reminds you, ah, oh, yes. He says, like, it's like tattooing it on your forehead. Don't suggest it, but that's, he said, that's what it's like. You cannot miss it. It's inescapable. This will remind you forever that God rescued you, that God brought you out. And so you do this. You give to God the first to remind yourself continually, man, God has been so good. God has blessed us. I, I'm, I'm only here because of God. We only have this land that we have because of God. Son, the reason we do this 
the reason we have these herds, the reason we have these crops, the reason we have this income, the reason we have this job, have this house, all the stuff that we have, the reason we have all of this is because God has blessed us and been good to us. And so we are happy to give back to God the first, give that first tenth back to him. So these, these two principles both, both kind of coincide. We, we give God the tenth. Which tenth? Well, the first tenth, right? We give to God first before we give to, to FICA, before we give to the mortgage, before we give to whatever else. We give to God first because he has been so good to us. And we don't ever want to forget that. And man, it's easy to forget that. It is so easy for us to just think, you know what? No, I worked hard. You know, I, I did that. I put in the overtime. I, I put up with this stinking boss. I'm the one who, who did this work. I'm the one who earned this income. Who is this pastor to stand up there and tell me this is what I should be doing with it? All right, well, again, it's, it's not me, okay? Um, you listen to God. You do what God tells you to do. God told his people to give the first, to give the first tenth, to remind them of his blessings, to, to make sure that they remembered how blessed they are by God so that when God says, yep, and now you've given that first tenth to me, and now I want you to help that person. Now I want you to, to care for them so that we say, oh, that's right, God. This all belongs to you, and so I will, I will do with it what you, what you tell me to God knew this was going to be a problem for him. In fact, in the book of Deuteronomy, as they're right there about to enter the land, and Moses is telling them again, here you go, here's what you need to do. He says, when you have eaten and are satisfied, and if you read before this in Deuteronomy chapter 8, he's saying, this land is going to be so amazing. You're going to get there, and it's going to be, it's going to be great. You've been living out here in tents, and you've been struggling through the wilderness. Now you're going to move into houses. You're going to have fields. It's going to be beautiful. You're going to be fat and happy. It says, when you are fat and happy, when you've eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he's given you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Says, Don't forget God. Don't think you did this by yourself. That's, that goes all the way back to the beginning that we saw in the video with the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, Boy, you don't, you don't forget God. You remember it's God who's provided all of life for me. And I don't want to think I just do this on my own. I don't want to take matters into my own hand and just do what I want. I'm going to do what God wants. And that includes with my resources. There's something very practical about having to take money out of your wallet and put it in or having to go online and type that number in and see that money leave your bank account, knowing that, okay, I'm doing that with that money and not this, right? There's just something very tangible about it. That reminds us, yep, God, you, you go first. In fact, that's one reason why for quite a while we kind of resisted uh, the whole giving automatically thing. Now we love it. You know, all of our bills happen automatically, come out of the checking account, all that kind of stuff. Our giving to the church happens automatically as well. Uh, because there were way too many Sundays where we forgot the checkbook. We couldn't remember. It's like, oh, man, now i got to remember. How many weeks has it been since we had the checkbook? How, how big of a check? Okay, good grief. And, um, but we resisted it for a while because we wanted that that moment where we had to write the check, where we had to see this is how much we're giving to God this week, and making sure that we were giving it first, making sure that, that we're keeping God in first place in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. Because I think you know, right, God is first no matter what, right, whether we recognize it or not. You know, giving to God, keeping God first in our finances, in our heart, in our lives, that's just us lining ourselves up with reality, <laughs> right, instead of kind of working it cross purposes against the grain of reality so there's that that quote again 
When God is first in your life, everything else comes into order. When God's not first, everything is out of order. So, now, I know that we're all in different places financially in this room. I should have said this earlier. Um, some of you this whole time have just been thinking like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with all this because I got nothing. You know, I, I don't have any extra. Um, you know, um, in fact, just this past week, uh, Wednesday night at our Bible study, somebody was saying, you know, I, I really want to, I really need to get to tithing and all this. And I was like, well, wait, do you, do you have income right now? Well, no. Okay, you're tithing. You know, 10% of zero, zero, man. You're, you're double tithing. You know, you're, you're doing great. You know, you're fine. You know, but when you, when you have a job again, when you have income, you know, then you can, then you can focus on that. And this is somebody who's generous hearted who was just telling us a story about struggling because they, they had received a gift and they shared a little bit with someone else. They felt like they should have shared more of it. And like, man, you just calm down. You're okay. Your heart is in the right place. But it's easy for us especially once we do have resources, especially once we do have income, especially once we have saved up some for that rainy day, it, it's difficult for us to say yes to God unless we've built these practices into our routine, into our lives of saying, okay, God, I'm going to give you the first tenth. I'm going I'm to return that to you. I'm going to take my hands off it. I'm going to trust you and the church, the mission that I'm giving to. I'm going to trust you with that because I, I got I to gotta stay in the right side of this thing. I don't want money to try to take over. I'm going to use money for what you want it to be used for, God. I want to stay on the blessing side of this equation. I want to remember how blessed I am by you and how good you have been to me. And that's, there's one more from, the, from 1 Chronicles 29, one more verse from the Old Testament here. Uh, this is uh, King David after the people of Israel had given this amazing offering for the building of the temple. He said, yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand. Lord, our God, all this abundance comes from your hand and all of it belongs to you. Oh, God doesn't really need our money, although some of our neighbors do, right? Um, God, God needs our hearts. God wants your heart. He wants your heart to, to beat with his heart for the mission of Christ in the world, for the neighbors of ours who are in need. And uh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to, to have our needs met. It's a good thing to be on the receiving end, but man, it's a better thing to be on the giving end. It's a blessed thing to be a part of God's blessing in the world, to line ourselves up with that and to let his blessings flow through us. So if you haven't taken that step yet, I encourage you to. Uh, and maybe jumping to 10% is like, oh, man, I don't, I, I don't know how I'd make that work right now. That's up to you, all right, how you do that. Maybe you jump right to it and you just figure things out, you know, the rest of the week. Maybe you say, you know what, because of the, as you talk with God and the other people that you have to make decisions about financially, the other people in your household, maybe you say, you know what, I, I'm going to get there, but it's going to take me several months, you know, and, and for the next, every paycheck, I'm going to start giving half a percent more, and then after, you know, what, 20 paychecks, <laughs> I'll, I'll have gotten up to, to 10% or whatever it is. Maybe you need to work something out where, where you make steps toward obedience to what God wants you to do. I just encourage you not to just let this roll off and just say, eh, we'll be done talking about money in a couple of weeks and then I can pay attention again. You know, um, Listen to what God is saying to you um, about this part of your life and all of your life and trust him. God can be trusted. God can be trusted. All right, let's bow our heads. Let's pray before we celebrate communion together.
God, we are grateful for your blessings. We are grateful for the ways you have provided for us. From the very beginning, all, of, all that we have, God, it comes from you. And you know how often we have tried to take a shortcut. How often we have tried to, to run our own lives thinking we can handle things better than you tell us to. And God, when we do that, we find ourselves making a huge mess of our lives, of, of our relationship with each other and, and the planet you've entrusted to us. God, I pray that you would forgive us and help us. Help us to come back to you and to, to trust you to find the ways that these principles that you gave to your people back in, uh, in Israel, like a couple thousand years ago, to see the ways that these connect with our lives today. Thank you, God, for inviting us to be a part of your blessing work in the world, that your blessings can flow through us to help feed people who are hungry, to help provide clean water for people who don't have it, to provide shelter for people who are sleeping out of doors. God, thank you for the ways that you allow us to be a part of your good work in the world. God, I pray you'd help us to trust you even when it, it feels like we don't have enough. Help us to trust you today, knowing that as we trust you, you will be with us. You will continue to bless us. And maybe as we show ourselves trustworthy, you will, you will even trust us with more, knowing that we will share it uh, with the people, with the projects, the purposes that you, that you would have us to, to, to fund and to support. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving us and being gracious to us. Thank you for not waiting until we figured all this out uh, to be good to us and to forgive us and to send your son Jesus for us. And while we were still sinners, still doing this whole thing our own way, that you sent your son Jesus to come and to live and to die for us, to redeem us. Thank you, God. We, we celebrate your generous love for us in the sacrament of communion. We offer to you these gifts of bread and juice. We pray that by your Spirit's presence here that we might meet our crucified and risen Savior in his body and in his blood, remembering the great price that was paid to set us free, to rescue us from slavery to sin and, and living our lives for ourselves. You have set us free from that, God. Today we offer you ourselves, trusting that you, you can do more with us than we could. Trusting that your Holy Spirit at work within us is, is going to change us and make us into the people that reflect your grace and your goodness, your generous love to the world around us. Thank you, God. That when we confess our sins, you are faithful and just. You forgive us our sins. You cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, God, for being gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Thank you, God. Thank you for inviting us to come confidently to your throne of grace, to receive mercy and to find grace to help us in our time of need. We come to the table of our Lord Jesus today, humbly acknowledging our need of grace and excited that we get to find it here and now, that today we can leave this place as, as forgiven people, as people filled with your Holy Spirit 
guided by you, empowered by you to live lives of generous love in our world. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Would you pray with me the prayer that Jesus taught us? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Uh, The musicians are going to come and lead us in one last song as we celebrate communion today. I'll be here with a basket of bread and a cup of juice. As we sing, you're invited to come forward, take bread from the basket, dip it in the juice and eat it, and return to your seats. It's open to all of us who are saying yes to Jesus today. It doesn't matter uh, who you are, where you've been, what what your morning was like or what your week was like. If today you are grateful to God for the love he has shown us in Jesus Christ. Uh, If today you are trusting in him, then you're invited to come to celebrate his grace and his love. Uh, We've got the regular bread and the gluten-free and the little little cups. Uh, And if you you can't make it up here or you don't feel comfortable uh, joining the crowd, uh, then we've got them at your tables, the little cups. You can peel it back and get to the bread and peel it back and get to the juice. Um, Let's celebrate. Let's give God thanks for the love he's shown us in Jesus Christ.
never win But the voice of truth Tells me a different story The voice of truth Says do not be afraid And the voice of truth Says this is for my glory Out of all the voices calling out to me I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth But the stone was just the right size to put the giant on the ground And the waves, they don't seem so high from on top of them looking down I'll soar with the wings of eagles when I stop and listen to the sound of Jesus singing over Thank you, God, for the love you've shown us in Jesus Christ, for the many blessings you have poured into our lives. Fill us with the spirit of Christ, we pray, that, that we might live in this world as the body of Christ, giving of ourselves for others just like you gave of yourself for us. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.